Let's really make sure that we're doing the things that matter most to us because there's really only one goal and that is how we want to experience our life. That's the only goal. Everything else is a piece of that single goal. Welcome to Cowgirls Over Coffee, where we encourage and equip women to embrace the process and practice of tackling daily demands, actually executing on our plans, and taking action on the most audacious goals that we can come up with without sacrificing our peace and staying rooted in our purpose. These are conversations for doers, for those of us who refuse to settle for less than we absolutely know we are capable of achieving for women who are cultivating thriving homes and businesses side by side. I'm your host, Thea Larson. Grab a coffee and sit down. We have so much to talk about. I am so excited to start a brand new year with you. I don't know about you, but my brain loves the fact that we have a new year and a new month and starting on a new week on a Monday that just feels very, it just feels good to me. I don't know if your brain works that way too. If it does, you are not alone. If it doesn't, then you can just consider that I'm weird, but I am really excited about this. Welcome to another conversation with Cowgirls Over Coffee. I'm Thea Larson, and I want to kick off this year. Okay, let me back up for a second. First of all, I want to tell you that I will, for the next at least 10 months, not be harping on you to stay present in the current year. I know I feel like I really beat a dead horse, but it's so important to me that we see the year all the way through. I think that I said this in last week's podcast, like this new year's goal setting and all this fun work, it kind of becomes sort of a Sunday scaries that we do every single year. And on one hand, it kind of steals part of the year from us because we're like, okay, I'm just, I'm throwing in the towel for the next three weeks. It's Christmas, whatever it's holidays. But on the other side, it's kind of a cop out too, because it's fun to goal plan. It's fun to dream and look ahead, right? Like, let's see it through. Let's run the rest of the the mile, right? Like, let's finish the actual race that we're in. And then we'll start our new year and we'll do it with so much purpose and intention. And okay, so many of my, well, all, <laughs> many, everything that I've worked on is kind of a compilation of my experience where I have moved through this sort of wonky cycle of, I had a very demanding career. I was a CEO. I had teams. I was very much in administrative and you know goal setting for those people with boards on a fiscal year to working for myself, becoming a mother. Of course, all of the things are up in the air. Nothing works out right. And then bringing this all together in a way which is kind of like totally different and then absolutely the same. And that's where I have come up with everything that I share with you as far as my processes and practices, because I don't like processes and practices. Like it is not my spiritual gifting to be organized or plan ahead, or I love to just wing it and go for it, but it caused me so much stress. It allowed things that I shouldn't have let slip through the cracks. And that's why I'm so adamant about this process because I figured it out. It works so good for me when I work it. And I stop, like I fall out of the practice of it as well, just because life but I've seen it work for women in Cowgirls Over Coffee. And finally, I even feel like this year it has just become so much more clear, so much more refined, and I'm really excited to share it with you today. So I want to tell you that my methodology for planning in the new year, I'm taking the whole what I consider the winter season, which is the eight weeks of January and February. And I like to move with the seasons. I think it is really good just because of the way the world works around us. You know, school schedules and days are shorter. But also if you are in the lifestyle of ranching or agriculture, a lot of our life runs around the seasons. That's just the way it is. And when I started planning this way, oh my gosh, it just like things got even, it was like unlocking a next level of ease. So I really like to take January and February And let that be the time that I really build the foundations on which I am going to be planning and then executing my goals for the year. It's so nice because it only allows you, like then in March, I have everything lined out and I know it's time to hustle. So for spring season for me, that is when I am grinding, I am going, I am not going slow. Like it is the get the things done time. But 
having done this work in the winter season in January, February, you can only fall so far back, right? Like you won't hit the bottom because you created a foundation and you understand why you set the goals you set and you took the time to make sure they are the right goals and the things that matter to you. Because too often, too often we don't take the time to think through our goals really thoroughly because (laughs) maybe they're the same goals we've had for a few years, which is telling. Okay. It's, I feel like we just keep writing them down. We can get in the habit of being like, oh yeah, and I need to lose 10 pounds. And oh yeah, I want to like declutter the house or whatever that is. Let's not do that this year. Let's really make sure that we're doing the things that matter most to us because there's really only one goal. And that is how we want to experience our life. That's the only goal. Everything else is a piece of that single goal. And so when we spend this time in the winter season, really building the foundations, really understanding our goals, building out the execution, understanding the benchmarks and milestones, we're going to make some serious progress this year, okay? We absolutely will. This slow work at the beginning, if you're chomping at the bit, like if you're if you're built like I am, I promise you is going to pay off in spades at the end of the year. So I wanted to talk today. I took a whole bunch of notes. I'm hoping this is not a super long cross my fingers episode because I have a lot to cover, but this is very much a 10,000 foot view. And the core piece of this that I want to share with you is the importance and the impact that planning ahead, preparation, and then setting a foundation before we start any of that even is so important. Like it is going to be a game changer. So I want to share with you today kind of the five core foundations that I feel are most important. I'm going to share, I looked up some things um, statistically that I am really excited to share with you because what this really demonstrates as I share these, you'll see, I have pulled things from medical journals and from business and from construction and from academics and Often in Cowgirls Over Coffee, what I'm talking is about like there's only five answers and I don't know that there's actually five, like that's just what I pulled out. But there's very common things in all of the things that we're doing because it's like not that hard. Everything is very simple, productivity, success, making progress. It's all very simple. It's hard in that we don't do it consistently. And so this is about setting ourselves up in a way that we can be consistent that we cannot be overwhelmed, that we will not get burned out, that we can have sustainable motivation. So you're going to see a lot of common threads come together in these. And I just want to first share with you why this is so important. And then I'm going to touch a little bit on some ways we can start building out those foundations. And we will be going, we'll be having conversations with not just myself. I know it's not just going to be me all the time. But we're going to have conversations and go deeper into many of these because there are so many rabbit holes to explore. So I want to share with you a few of these studies and things that I found to first kind of support the hypothesis that I am proposing to you that planning and preparation is so stinking important. Like this is so important. It's important and it doesn't have to be complicated. Okay. So it is hard, but it's not complicated. It's hard because it's like it kind of is boring, right? Ultimately. Unless you are, some people are not built like me. I think it's really boring and mundane and it's not very exciting, but it is what gets the job done. So let's talk a little bit just about how preparation can impact success. So the Project Management Institute Pulse of the Profession Report found that 37% of project failures are attributed to a lack of clearly defined objectives and milestones. In contrast, projects with a detailed preparation in the form of well-defined goals and plans were significantly more likely to succeed. 37% of project failures were attributed to a lack of clearly defined objectives and milestones. This is why it's so important that we take the time in doing the planning work, the goal setting work, not just throwing some things on a paper or in a journal. Next, a report by the Standish Group in the Chaos Summary 2020 indicated that only 31% of all projects were completed on time within budget and within the required features and functions. However, Projects that involved thorough resource allocation planning as part of the preparation phase had much higher success rate, exceeding 60%. So only 31% of the projects they looked at were actually completed on time within budget and with the required features. However, when there was a planning process that included resource allocation planning, the success rate went up to 60%. It doubled. Then finally, a study in the Journal of Construction Engineering Management showed that projects where potential problems were identified and addressed in the early stages of preparation had a 30% higher chance of successful completion compared to those 
where the issues were addressed later in the project lifestyle. So when they looked ahead and kind of troubleshot, troubleshooted, troubleshot <laughs> what the potential problems were and identified them early, 30% higher chance of successful completion instead of just like dealing with it, crossing that bridge when you come to it, which ah, I want to cross that bridge when I come to it. We don't want to worry. We don't want to feed the anxiety monster, but we do want to be mindful in our in our planning and thinking about what could happen so that we can navigate that quickly and easily when it happens. So those are just a few things that I wanted to share with you on why this preparation stage in this season is so important before we ever even get into the planning, goal setting, and all that sort of thing. So let's talk more about these five core foundations, in my opinion, that are so important to laying, again, the foundation on which we're going to build out our our year, what we want to accomplish this year. So we actually move the dang needle and we don't have the same goal we've had for the last three to 10 years. So those five areas are mindset, support and accountability kind of together, uh, routines or like daily practices, how we move through our days, energy, your well-being, your emotional, physical being well enough to... <laughs> tackle all the things and then resources or resource management. So those are the five core foundations that I want to talk about today. I'm going to start again. I'm going to go through, I have so many notes, all the notes. I want to share with you for each of these, again, support information, why these are so important. And then I'm going to get into some, like we'll break it down a little bit and kind of look at some ways we can start building out, like I said, on each of these areas. So let's look at mindset. A study by Fred Luthans published in the Academy of Management Journal found that employees with a positive psychological capital, which includes having a positive mindset, optimism, and resilience, are 31% more productive and 37% better at sales compared to their less positive counterparts. So again, this is people who have developed optimism, resilience, and a positive mindset. They were 31% more productive, got more done, and 37% better at sales, which I feel relates to like better communication and more confidence. Next, a study conducted by the University of Cologne and London Business School found that entrepreneurs who displayed optimism were 30% more likely to achieve success in their ventures. This includes the ability to secure funding, achieve profitability, and sustain business growth. So having optimism related to a 30% higher success rate. Then finally, research published in the Journal of Management showed that mindfulness as an aspect of positive mindset is linked to better decision-making abilities. Mindful individuals were 20% better at information processing and decision-making, which is crucial for project success. We all know decision-making and processing, like that's where we can get ourselves tripped up. This mindfulness presence, mindfulness practices, which are a part of the mindset, positive mindset piece, were attributed to having 20% 20 better at at the information processing and the decision-making. How much is that going to help us in our day-to-day life, okay? So next is the support and accountability foundation. Research by the American Psychological Association found that individuals with strong support systems, including mentors and peers, are 65% more likely to succeed in achieving their personal and professional goals. Okay, you guys, this this is a hill I'll die on. Actually, I'm a little worried that all of these core foundations are hills that I would die upon, but you know how much I believe in accountability, support, community. So Having a system, a support system that includes both peers and mentors gave people 65% more likelihood to succeed in both their personal and their professional goals. That's pretty significant. Okay, a study by the University of Minnesota found that individuals who engage with their community and seek support when needed report a 20% higher level of personal well-being and life satisfaction. 20% better by having a community where you can seek support when you need it. Next, a study by the American Society of Training and Development found that individuals are 65% more likely to meet a goal after committing to another person. Their chances of success increase to 95% when they build in ongoing meetings with their partners to check in on their progress. Okay, I know there's a little piece in here where you can kind of get a serotonin hit from like sharing your goal and it can like decrease the likelihood of you seeing it through. But I want to overlook that for just a minute because here they found that committing to the goal to another person. And I think that's probably the important piece, 65% more likely to to meet that goal. And then if you build in after that commitment, checking in with them, meeting up with them on an ongoing basis, the likelihood of excess increases to 95%. What? Okay. Research, this is the last one, research in educational psychology review showed that students who studied with accountability partners or groups had a 40% higher chance of improving their academic performance. So when they studied with their, with their peers, 
40% higher chance of improving their performance just by doing it with a group, with people who are doing the same things that you are doing. This is why building out that circle of support. I don't care if you start your own accountability group, if you join something like Cowgirls Over Coffee or another membership, or you just have a supper club where you meet up with your friends, going through the work together, 40% higher chance of improving your performance. I love that. Okay, let's move on to the next piece of foundations, which is routines or daily practices. I kind of put them all together. So research published in the Journal of Occupational Health Psychology found that people with structured daily routines experienced a 20% reduction in stress levels, enhancing their ability to manage personal and professional tasks effectively. Less stress means you are going to be better at handling your tasks effectively. And they found that people with a structured daily routine had a 20% reduction in stress. So structure your day. And again, we don't have to get so critical about this. It doesn't have to be the same thing every day. And this is something we'll talk about in the future. Again, here's one of those rat holes I'm going to trip over, but it does reduce your stress by having these routines. So next there was research in the journal of applied psychology that found that taking scheduled breaks can improve an individual's focus and productivity by up to 20%, especially in long-term projects. Take a break take a break. Please take those breaks. I know we want to push through, especially if you are like me. And I know many of you are like the time we have to work on the things that are ours between the demands of our job or our business and the ranch or the farm and our kids and their school stuff. There are so many demands. We're trying to push through when we do have that time, take a break. You could see a 20% increase in your productivity. In the long term, on the project you're working on. Research in the Journal of Applied Psychology showed that working mothers with structured daily routines reported a 20% higher level of work life balance and reduced stress. I can't tell you how many times I get asked about work life balance, and I think it's such a good topic. I have a lot of thoughts on that, tripping over a rabbit hole again. But again, having a structured daily routine for moms, 20% higher level of work life balance and reduced stress. That's how they felt because they had routines. Finally, there was research focusing on female entrepreneurs published in the International Journal of Gender and Entrepreneurship that found that those adhering to strict time management routines were 35% more likely to succeed in their ventures. So again, having a routine around your time management, and I don't have all the information, but time blocking, bullet journaling, task blocking, having those built into your day, 35% more likely to succeed. Very interesting routines. Okay. So energy is the next core foundational area that I think is so important. And when I, again, when I speak of energy, I'm talking about like your energy, like not being exhausted, feeling like you have the get up and go, your health, mental well being. Research in the Journal of Sleep Research showed that lack of sleep impaired decision-making skills and cognitive abilities. Individuals who had adequate sleep were 20% more efficient in problem-solving and decision-making tasks. What? 20% more efficient in problem-solving and decision-making, which is what you're doing every day, every time your planning doesn't go as planned, your problem-solving and decision-making. And just by having adequate sleep, you can have a 20% improvement in those abilities. A study in Frontiers in Human Neuroscience revealed that even mild dehydration can impair cognitive functions, mood, and concentration. Proper hydration was associated with a 14% improvement in focus, attention, and memory. Being hydrated, properly hydrated, drinking your water can give you 14% improvement in your focus, attention, and memory, right? Where are my keys? The brain fog, hydration, such an easy piece that we can just incorporate foundationally. Research in nutritional neuroscience found that diets high in fruits, vegetables, and quality proteins were associated with a 35% lower risk of depression, enhancing emotional stability necessary for successful project management. These things we're talking about, these baseline health foundational things, are not about body composition. They're not about losing weight and all that kind of stuff, which is great too, but 35% lower risk for depression just by making sure that your diet is high in fruits, vegetables, and quality protein. That is pretty significant. Finally, according to a study in the Journal of Sleep Research, I I have to go back to sleep. I'm a huge sleep fan. (laughs) I had a really, when I first had um, my oldest son, Oliver, like sleep went out the window. And that was when I was like, wow, sleep is super important. So (laughs) according to this study, maintaining a regular sleep routine was associated with better memory, 
higher problem-solving skills, and improve cognitive function with a 15% improvement in cognitive tasks. So cognitive tasks being those things that we have to think through when you're like, I can't think. Making sure you have an adequate amount of sleep is going to help you with your problem-solving and help you with those cognitive tasks. Quit stealing from your sleep to give to other areas of your life. Stealing the time from your sleep where you're not getting enough sleep is making everything take longer. Like this is one of those things where you're like, instead of exponentially boosting yourself, you're exponentially like holding yourself back. Okay. Last of the five core foundational areas is the resources or resource management. Research published in the Journal of Applied Psychology showed that setting specific goals, which requires understanding one's skills and resources, increase the likelihood of achievement by 20%. So having an understanding an understanding of your skills and what's available to you increase the likelihood of your goal setting achieve your goals being achieved by 20%. And then a Harvard Business School study found that leaders who regularly evaluate their skills and resources are 30% more successful in leading teams and achieving organizational goals. So you lead a team every day. If you have friends that you're going out with, if you have your family, if you're working on your ranch, if you have a business, you are leading a team every day. That's part of what we just do in life as humans. And they found that these leaders who evaluated their skills and resources were 30% more successful in leading and achieving those objectives. So finally, a report by the American Society for Training and Development demonstrated that individuals who focus on skill development based on self-evaluation are 15% more likely to be productive in their personal and professional lives. So this is, again, evaluating self-evaluation of your skills and then choosing skill development, 15% more likely to be productive in your personal and professional life. So again, I'm going to recap on these five core areas, mindset, support, routine, energy, and resources. These are the foundational core areas that you want to build up right now. So then when we go put the extra push to put the extra momentum to give ourselves to these goals and objectives that we want to achieve throughout the year, this stuff just like gave us a leg up. Like this is the rising tide that lifts the boat. Okay. Hopefully now you believe me, right? Maybe you believe me all along. I hope you found that very interesting. It made me really excited because I'm like, it is proven that these things will help me do better and feel better while I'm doing it, right? So if you don't want to settle for the norm of repeating your New Year's goals, let's start here. Start here with these five core areas. So, okay, Thea, great. We believe you. Again, this is so, there's so much to cover here. And so I just want to hit on these really quickly and talk about some of the things that we can do, some strategies and tactics to shore up these five core foundational areas. And we'll go more deeply into these throughout the year because we can always be revisiting these. We're always forgetting to take care of these foundational areas. And then we start to get a little soft in them and we need to shore them back up. So let's talk about them as far as like the practices, strategies, tactics that we can do. And we'll go back and we'll start with mindset. So the areas of mindset that we can work on developing that are really going to support us include positive thinking, resilience, gratitude, mindfulness, and having a growth mindset. So with positive thinking, some ways we can improve our positive thinking Reframe negative thoughts in a way that are believable. So if we have a negative thought, I can't do this. Instead of saying, I can do this, you can say, I'm working on doing this. I will be able to do this in the future. Just make sure that you reframe your thought in a way that's believable because the negativity bias in our brain is going to like nix that out. Another thing where believable is an aspect, but so good for your positive thinking are affirmations. Also positive self-talk, like talking yourself up in a believable way, right? So that you can do that ladder of believability to get from a negative mindset, negative self-talk, things that are like beliefs about yourself that are holding you back. You can just take a little baby step up away from thinking you're completely incompetent, right? And that will start building up your positive thinking. Another positive thinking tool would be like visualizing your outcome, like whatever the desired outcome is. Spending some time visualizing that is a great way to start building your positive thinking muscle. The next part of mindset is that resiliency and a great way to re kind of build on your resiliency, recount obstacles that you've overcome. Like think about things that you've already overcome. You're building evidence for your brain that, Hey, I can do this. I can get through this. Be solution seeking. So when you see a problem or like when you're pre-gaming a problem, 
look for the solution. Don't look for all the ways that things are going to continue to go wrong or it might not work. Seek the solution. Be looking towards the way that you can get over this obstacle and onto the next. Reframing setbacks again as believable too. So if if you have a setback, and this again, I am so, I really harp on this believable component because I think it's unrealistic to look at every setback and be like, I'm so grateful for this. Like, I don't have to clean the toilet. I get to clean the toilet, which is nice. And I, I get that. However, I think it's so much more important to be like, take a little bit deeper and look for a believable reframe. Like, oh my gosh, it's going to feel so good when this bathroom is clean. And if someone shows up, I'm not going to be stressed out or it's just going to like be nice in the bathroom and it'll smell good or whatever that is. If you can find the believable part of a setback, not that cleaning toilets is really a setback, but I hope you get my gist there. Again, building that resiliency. I talked about the gratitude piece in um, episode four, I believe, if you want to go back about leveraging gratitude for consistency, but I really talked about some practices there if you want to go deeper into it. But um, really the three things, finding three things in your day that you can be grateful for. I really think it's good to do the last 24 hours. Again, I talk about this in depth here. And I like the also the challenge, the daily challenge of finding the smallest thing that you can be grateful for. Just tuning your mind in to looking for like, what's the smallest thing that happens today that I can be grateful for and making kind of a game out of it really helps to build that gratitude muscle. For mindfulness, deep breathing is awesome. So when we talk about mindfulness, that's really our presence, like being in the moment with like having our mind and our body and everything like in the moment, if you will. So again, deep breathing, just breathing in really deeply. Didn't that feel like a long pause? How often do we not do that and just take a deep breath? It'll be super grounding and build up your mindfulness. Um, Even if you want to start a whole breath work practice, which is like another fun thing, Um, do one thing at a time. And there are opportunities. I think we get, we (laughs) quote unquote good at multitasking, but I think we become dependent on multitasking and it feels it's the, what's comfortable for us, but it's not necessarily what's the most productive. So look for areas in your daily routine where you can do just one thing at a time, even if it feels like it's slowing you down, that's going to bring you back to your presence because this mindfulness is going to be so important in your mindset piece foundationally. Um, another thing you can do is notice your senses like what do I smell? What do I feel? Am I hot or cold? And just observing your day, like observing your day as if you were a bystander, like I'm drinking my coffee. I am going to work. I am walking to feed the horses, like whatever those things are, observing your day, bringing you back. It really is about slowing that time down, which can be so difficult for us overachiever run, 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 run types. Okay. But this mindfulness is what really builds our ability to not burn out, to not experience decision fatigue, to be able to be present in the moment. It's going to make us move more fastly when it's the most important. Then the growth mindset is the other piece of mindfulness that is so important or mindset, excuse me. So when it comes to growth mindset, growth mindset, if you're not familiar with it, growth and fixed mindset, growth mindset is feeling that you can work and get better at something. Fixed mindset thinks that you are inherently good or inherently not good at something. Obviously, having a growth mindset is way more productive and beneficial to you than thinking that there's things that you just can't do anything about. So when you are trying to build the muscle of the growth mindset, embrace effort like you would talent or intelligence. So when you think of talent or intelligent and like how those have value, think of the effort you're willing to put in towards something, like how hard you're willing to work, like you're at something to learn something and do something hard, put that as a same impactful priority, like something that you should look up to in yourself and others as talent or intelligence. Another little tweak you can do is using the word yet. So around those things that you haven't quite mastered. So I'm not a great roper. I'm not a great roper yet. I'm a terrible cook. I'm not a great cook yet. When we start putting yet at the end of those, we're just opening up the possibility. We're just making a little step towards a growth mindset. And again, kind of trying to mitigate that negativity bias that our brain has. Sound good? So those are some ways that we can address the foundation of mindset. Next, let's talk about the energy piece, like just the energy and well-being piece. Sleep, 
you heard me say sleep is so important. Here's some things. I'm just going to give you a quick rundown from my notes here. Consistent bedtime, consistency. You guys, we're all toddlers. We are all toddlers. Cool, quiet, and dark, wherever it is you're sleeping, will help you get better sleep, go to sleep quicker. Kind of nix the blue light. I know this is can be difficult, but about 30 minutes before, before bed, trying to get your eyeballs away from screens. Uh, avoiding heavy meals or eating or snacking one to two hours before bed so you don't start up the bodily process of digestion <laughs> right when you're trying to go to sleep. Um, having a sleep routine. Again, if you uh, go to Miss Rachel on YouTube and look up, you know, read a book, brush your teeth, put on your pajamas, go to bed, sing a song, <laughs> right? Having that routine, again, is just priming your mindset and your body to get to sleep. And then as a rule of thumb, seven to nine hours, everyone's different and can be different. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you can operate great in a sustainable way on like three or four hours of sleep, right? (laughs) So seven to nine hours is generally a good rule of thumb. Again, I am an enthusiast and not an expert when it comes to all of this. So do your own research experiment for yourself, find out what works best for you, but don't ignore the sleep component. Next hydration. Again, rules of thumb, about a gallon a day or an ounce per ideal body weight. I really am uncomfortable. I don't know why it's so silly, but pale yellow urine. Okay. Um, Make sure (laughs) that urine isn't dark. Oh, I don't even want to think about it. It's so gross. I don't know why it turns me into a a 12-year-old girl. But um, pale yellow urine is a good indication that you are staying hydrated. And if you're not, drink some more water. Don't wait until you're thirsty either. So a lot of times when we're thirsty or we're hungry, we're already on the path to dehydration. Uh, So make sure you're kind of drinking ahead of time, staying ahead of that. And then you could consider electrolytes. I am a huge fan. I found they made a lot of difference for me. A lot of times, like when you get a headache, it can be a dehydration thing. And I noticed that my headaches are, I don't really get headaches anymore now that I started incorporating some electrolytes. And I use LMNT, which I really love. And I know there's some other ones out there, but I like LMNT and there's another one I want to try, but I'll talk to you about those later. That is another time. So the nutrition and kind of protein part, make sure you're prioritizing protein. It is such an important piece that I think that we're missing. Don't skip breakfast, protein and fiber in your breakfast to help carry you through the day. You can't think and concentrate and be in a good mood when you're hungry. Limiting sugar and empty calories, of course, is always good limiting processed foods, trying to eat those whole foods, like just like in that research, a good balance of fruits, quality protein and vegetables, it's going to improve everything. Not It's not about body composition. That might be a beautiful side effect and that might be part of your goals, but this is about being primed to be your best self every single day. Rejuvenation is another thing that I think is so important that we kind of overlook. We kind of only take care of ourselves. And I think self-care, like the self-care discussion has gotten a little out of whack for me, but what gives you energy? I want you to really think about what gives you energy. So is it spending time with friends? Is it a hobby that you just enjoy doing? Is it time alone? Whatever you feel like gives you some energy, like can refill that cup for you, make sure you're building that in. Don't wait until you're so run down that you can't, you can't even be bothered. And then you start doing things that are you know, quote unquote rest, like, oh, I'm just going to watch Netflix for three hours, but it's not rejuvenating, right? Like it's not giving you back energy. It just is going to make you feel more tired. So make sure you know what those things are and then incorporate them on a regular basis. The next piece of the energy puzzle is exercise or movement. Again, not about body composition, guys. You've got to be moving. Like we are a system that we need to be taking care of. So move your body, take a 30 minute walk. Don't shy away from strength training either. Like muscle is so important for our posture, our comfort, just the way we burn our calories, way our hormones are distributed through our body is like, don't overlook a strength training portion as well. But that 30 minute walk, you guys, I'm such a fan of walking. Stretching is another good thing. How can you take care of your body, keeping things moving? You know, you just like you don't want your car or your tractor to sit and not turn on the engine. Same thing with your body. Let's get moving. And then, final piece of the energy and feeling good is your environment. Um, I think we overlook this so often, but where we are at, our personal environment has so much effect on how we're feeling and how we're able to move through our day. 
uh, this became really apparent to me again when I had kids and I was like, I literally cannot walk through my bedroom in the morning to have a cup of coffee without tripping over things, right? Because there was just kid stuff everywhere. Everywhere I went, there was resistance. Same thing throughout the day. If someone needed something, like I've got someone pulling on my knees or whatever, and that can be really frustrating. Think about your environment. Reducing clutter, having good light is super good light can be a mood, a mood bringer, um, increase your motivation. Think about the things that you need so that your things that you need for whatever you're doing are right there and available to you. I think about this in the kitchen a lot. Like I have more than I need of certain tools because that way I'm always quick and I'm not feeling that discomfort and resistance around, oh, okay, where is that spatula? And is it in the wash? And am I going to have to wash it before I use it? Like have what you need and have it at hand. Cleaning routines are great too. Make sure you stay on top of your environment being nice and tidy for you. Outsource those things if you can. I know. I want to laugh every time someone's been like, have some come, someone come clean your house. I'm like, I would love to. I know a lot of us are located in very rural areas. It's not maybe feasible, but think about can the neighbor kid come mow the lawn? Like, what can you do to help give more time to your environment to make sure it's really taking care of you? Um, and don't think about just your house either. I mean, think specifically about areas of your house where you're sp- spending the most time, your office, your kitchen. Um, then also your car or even your shower. Like, how can you make these environments really feel good so that they're giving you the energy that you need? Sound good? All right. Should we move forward? I know I'm going through these fast, but I just want to again touch on these so that this is the first week of the year and you're just like really starting to notice and build awareness around these foundational areas that are going to support you when you sit down to do whatever goal setting practice that you want to do for the year. So let's talk about the resource management piece. And when I'm talking about resource management, I'm really looking at like your skills and knowledge, the possibility again of outsourcing the specific resources that you're going to need, and then time, right? Time is a big, (laughs) the ultimate resource. So when it comes to skills and knowledge, really take an inventory. We talked about this again in these studies, take an inventory of your skills and knowledge. Like just where are you at? Plan for strengthening and gap filling where you need to. Like when you think about ahead to your year, you know what your skills or knowledge are. You know what's available to you. What are you going to need to work on? What is something that, again, you should just outsource? Like if it is not in your wheelhouse, is it more effective to outsource it? Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. And this is in your life and your business. It's just something to consider if it's available to you. If you can trade with a friend or you can hire someone to do something, just really try to leverage your skills and knowledge and time in the best way you can for your resource management. Specific resources. So considering if you look at your goals in this past year, like what you had set your goals to be, whether you achieved them or didn't, what were the specific resources you felt you were lacking? That's another great assessment tool. So even before you're thinking ahead to what you want to do this year, what were my goals from last year? What were part of the reason I didn't get there if I didn't, or what was part of the reason I did get there. Look at the resources that you have or where you need to fill gaps there. And then finally, time. Track your time, okay? Take one day or one week and just track your time. This is one of the hundreds of things that we do on autopilot that we quote unquote think we know and we don't. Like our perceptions about how we're using our time are way off. There's some great books. I need to look them up. Laura Vanderkampen, I think is the author. I should have wrote this down. I didn't. It's just coming to me. Welcome to Cowgirls Over Coffee. These are just literally conversations. So I will look those up so that we can, I'll put those in the show notes too, but you are, you have no idea how you're spending your time for the most part. Okay. I shouldn't say that. Like maybe you are a person who directs your time and does. Most of us, we have distorted views of how we're we're spending our time and how we're allocating and using it. So really take a day or a week. And even if you're not doing it in real time, look back at the day at the end of the day or the week at the end of the week and see how you're using your time and reflect on like where you're spending your time, right? Because there's going to be some aha moments there. And awareness is always the first step, like just awareness. And you're not judging it. Do not judge yourself. It's not positive or negative. It's just the way you're using your time versus the way you're not using your time. And then consider some time management systems and skills like bullet journaling, time blocking, digital calendars, apps to track how you're using your time. Just kind of take it, take a look in this foundational stage of planning on, you know, what are some things that can support you in your time resource and how you're using it. Sound good? All right. Move on to the next couple of things. Deep breath. I know it's a lot. So let's talk about support and accountability. So I'm going to kind of go through four points that I think are really important in building this. 
connect and cultivate your personal friendships. I say this a lot. Like it is your responsibility to curate the people around you. It is so important. And I know that can sound a little flippant, but I want you to take it seriously because the people who are in our lives have so much impact on what we achieve and don't achieve, how we feel and how we don't feel. So in doing that, even with your friends, like send a quick text message to someone, like put it in your calendar once a week or once a day, just to send a random text message to a friend or drop a card with a little note in the mail. We often wait till we have something to talk about or we need something like, don't do that. Just build in the habit of connecting with your friends, even in the smallest way. Think how good that will make you feel. Actively stay connected to people you care about. Again, actively stay connected to these people. And also on the flip side of that, the people that are not the people that you want to be giving your time to, maybe you don't make a meeting for a board that is not the most important thing to you so that you do have time to have dinner with a friend. It's really about just making that choice and staying connected and keeping those people who are good for you in your life. And it can be, you know, you can spend time with your friends. You can do something as small as a quick phone call. You can set up a Zoom call. Like like I live so far away, I feel from so many of my very good friends. Go on a group vacation, start a supper club. Like just make sure you're staying connected with those people. Um, also networking with like-minded people in your business or career. Again, we talked about the research, right? So very important, but there's lots of ways to this. You can follow people online. Even if you can't talk to them, like follow people online that you admire, that you look up to, that you want to connect with. Um, attend a local event or encourage and connect with business people you admire. So like that means in person or online, you can just encourage them. You can be like, I love seeing what you're doing. Like ask them a question, reach out to them. Just make sure you are networking. Super important to make sure you have that group of mentors and peers, right? Um, Accountability groups are great. I actually have a workbook for this that I will try and link in the show notes too. It's just a really quick thing. Like you do not have to get in an official mastermind. You do not have to join Cowgirls or Coffee or any other membership. You don't have to do any of that. You can curate just a small group of people that you are accountable with. And this could be other moms. It could be a Bible study, like just that you have similar goals and you're going to state and commit to your goals and then meet and update each other on them on a regular basis. And it can be in person. It can be like a live Zoom call. It can just be like a running group chat. It doesn't have to be hugely complicated or demanding, but I think that accountability piece is really, you're going to see it pay off in the long run. And then finally, I want you to fill your feed with what feeds you and follow accounts that inform and inspire you. So don't follow the accounts that don't make you feel good, right? Use their success as proof that you can succeed. When your feed is full of successful people, compare. I want you to compare because comparing means finding the things that are the same, right? What is the same in the person you admire that is in you? That is proof that you can do these things too, right? Like all of it is just proof of opportunity and look at their strategies, see what they're doing. How could you incorporate that in a way that would work for you? Observing these people that are informative and inspiring is super good. And then share your own tips and wins. Like when someone starts a conversation, make sure you're joining in that conversation. You can leverage the power of social media platforms to be a support and accountability place for you. So finally, we have routine. Daily practices, again, not my spiritual gifting. I am a wing it girl, 100%. When I focus on these daily practices and... (laughs) Another rabbit hole. I'm sorry. I we will be talking so much about routines. I think with not just like one on ones where I'm like trying to give you some of this information, but like I really want to talk because they don't have to be complicated. They don't have to be the same thing. I think we have a lot of misconceptions around our daily routines. But let's talk about just a few of the things I think that you should take a look at when you're looking at your core foundations before your goal setting for this year. So, morning and evening routines, your seasonal schedule. Reviewing your calendar, review your calendar. (laughs) Brain dumping is a great strategy on your routine. Auditing, also another great strategy to support daily practices and routines. And then productivity journaling. So let me go back and talk about these in a little bit more detail. Your morning and evening routine, how you start your day and your end of day does not have to be complicated, even if it's just one thing and it can be a different thing every day. But to have something that you do in the morning and you do in the evening, setting the tone for your day and setting the tone for going to bed, right? You can make these again. You can get really complicated with them if you have the time and the energy for that or just doing one thing. And again, it doesn't have to be like every night I read the book. Maybe one night I read the book 
One day I'll do a gratitude practice. One night I'll text a friend. One night I will look at my schedule for the week moving forward. It doesn't have to be the same thing every day. Same thing with morning. Your seasonal schedule. Review your schedule seasonally. Again, I talked at the top about this, about this winter season, because seasons affect the length of our days, the demands for school and work, the weather. So when you look at your schedule in the season, it really does affect the rhythm of your daily schedule during the week and the weekends. So be mindful of what is happening seasonally. Review it every season so you are anticipating those changes as you're building out whatever your routines and expectations are in that season, right? Which also is followed closely on its heels with the reviewing your calendar. Do not let random stuff sneak up on you. And I am speaking like this is me chiding me. Do not let the random stuff sneak up on you because this is how things fall through the cracks. And it's like, Letting, you know, looking ahead at holidays and events and appointments and deadlines, all of the things, okay? There are so many things that are outside of our control and circumstances that will change that you cannot even anticipate. Take care of the ones you can. You know, if you have a school bake sale coming up on X date, then seven days ahead of time, you need to make sure you pick that up whenever your grocery run is and you want to cook these and get them ready. And will you need, what will you need to do that? Don't let those things fall up through the cracks. Halloween costumes. Christmas, I mean, we just came off the holiday. All those things, like the holiday playbook is all about this because I would always come up on the last minute and then stress myself out because there were things I wanted to do. And I just ran out of time because I I let deadlines sneak up on me when you have to have a certain amount of time to order things or prepare for things, right? So review your calendar. That <laughs> I'm very passionate about this. Also brain dumping. Uh, your brain is not meant for holding on to all the things. Your brain is meant to process. Your brain is meant to be a conduit through which things move through. So brain dumping on a regular basis is a great routine to have that will support you in a myriad of ways. Auditing. We don't experience something and then go off to the next experience, right? This is... This feels very cathartic to me. Um, This is giving me my whole vibe on there's only five answers. There's only five things like we just did this at the end of the year. Be in the experience while you're in it, then look back on it, right? An unexamined experience is a wasted opportunity, right? Like that's what it comes, not examining it it is what's making us do the same things over and over again. So look back at how you executed on a project, even if it's work or if it's a volunteer that you did it for church or for your kid's school. And it's the difference, really, this auditing piece is the difference between growth and stagnation, right? Because we're not going to repeat the same things. We're going to, when you come right out of that experience, you're going to know what you could have done differently, what really, truly worked, and you want to make sure you do that again. Have you ever done something good one time, and then you didn't look back and reflect on it because it all went super well, and the next time you went to do it, and it was a big old mess? It can work both ways, right? This is audit your stuff. If you know that there is a hairpin turn coming up on the road every time you're going around the track, you don't want to fly off at every time, right? You want to regulate your speed, slow down, make sure you make it. That's going to let you go around the whole track more times. So, okay. And then my final piece for the routine is the productivity journaling. And this is something that I started doing a while back. And I can't remember, this was not an original idea, but so much of the important work in our day doesn't hit our to-do list, right? Like, and this is where we come up with that feeling like we're super busy and we're not getting anything done because there's a lot of things that we do during the day that aren't really like to-do list worthy necessarily. So taking the time and you don't have to do this every day. And I've seen some people do it with their to-do list, like on one side of their to-do list, like on one side of the page will be their to-dos and on the other side of their page is like what they've done or flipping it over. But write down those things you got done. You don't have to write something on your to-do list and then cross it off. You know, and I think this is a really good thing. Again, you don't have to do it every other day, but anytime you're getting in a spot where you feel like you're unsure of what you're accomplishing, it's a good time to sit down and end your day with a little productivity journaling or look back at the week with a little productivity journaling. So you're giving yourself the credit and building up the awareness. And also it helps you know, like, are these things that I need to build a routine around? Like I'm doing this, like I'm spending a lot of time doing this. Is this something that I could evaluate and do better in a more efficient way so it wouldn't be taking up so much time because it just makes it feel like it's a time suck and then I feel like I wasted my whole day. Productivity journaling, super, just an effective tool to have in your tool belt when it comes to building out your routine. So deep breath. Wow, this took a really long time to go through. Sorry, I hope. (laughs) I apologize, but I hope you found some value here. So again, those five core areas, just to re-hit on them. Mindset, energy, resource management, support, and routine. So important. 
let's build this foundation before we really dive into the new year gold setting and planning and intentions and mantras and words and all the other fun stuff. Because it really comes down to you have to know where you're at before you can even begin to know where you want to go or plan to get there. And that's where we're doing right now. This is the first thing is we're like, okay, where am I at? Let's make sure we're shoring up these foundations. It's so important to get these into place. And I feel like I keep saying it's so important. It's so important because they're going to support you when the motivation is lacking. When motivation lags, when setbacks happen, you're only going to fall as far back as you have built up your foundations, right? So (laughs) less space, less time, less of a climb getting back on track for these bigger goals and things that you really want to achieve. It really just limits how far you can fall when you concentrate on these. And I mean, like all habits, eventually these foundational things are going to become seats of practice. They're going to be like automatic in your daily life. They're going to be integrated in part of your identity. If this is the first time you're thinking about them, it's going to be harder. But as we incorporate these things, they just become a positive thing, a habit, again, an integrated piece that is happening and supporting us. And we're going to be able to go exponentially farther. Life is going to feel easier. We're going to be able to decision make. We're going to be able to pivot when circumstances change because we have built and taken the time to make these foundations a part of who we are and how we navigate life. So that's all I have to say for that. If you found anything, if this brought anything up for you, which, oh my gosh, you're probably just overwhelmed at this point. And I'm sorry for that, but I didn't know how to cut any of this out. I think it's all just really important. Go back and listen again. If you have any questions, screenshot it, tag me at Cowgirls Over Coffee, ask me the question. Also, we have a broadcast channel, so get in there. We're always like sharing our own takeaways from these and like our own advice because there's never one way to do something. And one of the best ways to navigate your way forward is to find out what other people are doing and experiment with that. So Again, if you have a question or you want us to go more fully into it, let us know, tag us, share your takeaway. We will share those on our story just because, again, I want to keep this conversation going. This is not about just me talking to you and then you you know, getting to your destination and being done with it. Let's really process this stuff and share with one another because that's how we're all going to move forward and support each other. And again, we just covered the support and accountability piece, right? We just covered how important that is. So happy new year. Please let me encourage you right now again to take the time to do the work. This is not easy stuff, like not necessarily. It's kind of not fun. We can get excited about some of these things when we think about the results we have, but the actual doing these things, it's not the funnest. It's way more fun to dream about the goals we have for 2024. It's way more fun to think about how we're going to embody our word for the coming year. And I'm here for all of that too. I am here for the fun stuff but I just want to make sure we're setting ourselves up to actually succeed at those things, to actually see those things come through, not end up feeling burnout or overwhelmed or defeated because we didn't have really good, really intentional foundations that we're starting from. So have a great rest of your week. I will see you back again here next Monday with more conversations. And that's all I have. Like that wasn't enough. Have a great one. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with me. If you had any aha moments or some questions came up, please hit us up in your Instagram stories. Just take a screenshot, share that, tag us at Cowgirls Over Coffee, and let's keep this conversation going. Otherwise, we'll see you back here next week. And just thank you again. Go out and make it the best week ever.